Are you sick of living in the shadow of someone else? Need some help learning to love yourself and tap into your unique strengths or embrace your leadership potential so you can thrive in your life. This is Empower with Nancy. Let's start the show. Oh. Welcome to Empower with Nancy's podcast. I have a special guest today and I'm honored and excited to share her career and her challenges she has faced in her life that are incredibly empowering. Samantha Harris, as a co-host of Dancing with the Stars and Entertainment Tonight, Samantha is an Emmy Award-winning journalist, best-selling author, certified health coach, certified fitness trainer, and breast cancer thriver. She inspires people internationally through her keynote speeches, webinars, and wellness retreats with her in infectious energy, approachability, and warmth. Being passionate about her health and wellness would be an understatement. She lives, breathes, and rocks it every day. At age 40, she was diagnosed with stage two invasive breast cancer, determined to fight for her life. She searched for answers about how we can improve our health and prevent chronic diseases. Welcome, Samantha. Wow, that is, um, I've been watching you for quite some time and you're so inspiring and energetic and like there is, you don't take no for an answer. Like you are so driven and so powerful and I am super excited to learn more about your journey. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Congratulations on your podcast and the success that you're thank having. You. Thank you so much. So let's get started. You ready? Yeah, let's go. For All it. right. Um, let's start with your journey. Can you take us back to when you started your career as an Emmy winning TV host and entertainment journalist? What were the pivot points that led you down this path? Well, I grew up in Minnesota and at the age of 12, I said, mom, dad, find me an agent because Minnesota is a hotbed of an agent and a business of any sort. But, you know, I did. I started to uh, do commercial work and print work and fun things like the back of a cereal box and different a Pringles commercial and an Olive Garden commercial. Interestingly, both foods that I would never eat now, uh, although you could probably go to Olive Garden and find maybe a nice salad or something plant-based. But um, but it's it's funny just how things switch. And I think and the cereal box I was on is called Rocky Road Cereal, laden oh. and harmful toxins. Uh, you know, it, so General Mills, don't sue me. I'm not saying you're cereals toxic but sugar is toxic and uh and so anyhow we'll get into all of that but after going to college at Northwestern University in Chicago I made a beeline out here uh to Los Angeles where I really pounded the pavement and juggled gosh sometimes four or five jobs at a time while I was pursuing a career on television and um, one thing you know thankfully led to another and uh, eventually got my first show then my second show my first network show for fox called the next joe millionaire that landed me my job at my first entertainment news job at extra and access hollywood and eventually at entertainment tonight which was the place that i interned during college so it was a nice oh my goodness full circle moment sitting in the chair for mary hart uh and you know, then here I was at the peak of my career, dancing with the stars for eight seasons and entertainment tonight and a summer stint on Broadway while juggling my my entertainment news job and a new child who was just almost two. And now I have two daughters uh, who are almost uh, almost 13 and 16. Um, but I thought I was on not only on top of my game, I thought I was on top of my health game, not just my career. Mm -hmm. And I was blindsided. 
And so you were running around in so many different directions, but how did you feel with that? Did you like, did you know that you were going down the path that you desire? Like, were you excited or were you just not sure? Like, the which path, path? You are you talking about? The, the, There's all the path of going all down of cancer or the path of my entertainment news? No, not the cancer. Your entertainment. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, I was. Yeah, I was. I I worked really, really darn hard at you know from the, again the time that I was working at my high school television station, learning how to write copy and read from a teleprompter and produce my own segments and and working in college at a local television station in Minneapolis, producing all their entertainment news segments for a summer and uh, covering some hard news, which made me confirmed after covering a murder of a child that I did not want to be in hard news, delivering sadness to people. I wanted to bring people light and happiness and escape from what can really bog us down in our day to day. And so entertainment news and shows like Dancing with the Stars and my game show that airs on uh, game show network every day called Tug of Words, which is just fun and gets your brain going. If you like uh -huh. wordplay, check it out. Um, yes. But I mean, that was that was my my dream as a kid growing up I and mean, starring on Broadway as Roxy Hart in the musical Chicago while I had a two-year-old and working a full-time entertainment news job was an insane. I can only imagine. Are you still there? There you are. <laughs> I lost you for a minute there. I was yeah. all excited, talking about how everything's going in my career, and then bam, which is kind of how I felt when I was blindsided by breast cancer. Everything just went dark. Yeah. Yes. And in so let's talk about that. And because this is, as I told you, you know, in our when we were talking through our messaging, is yeah. I lost my mom of breast cancer when I was seventeen. And um, she missed my graduation. And when it sprung on her, it just was blindsided and it didn't run in the family. So back back then there, I mean, the chemo was just, you know, too much for her body. And then it just went trickled down and, and I, we lost her very quickly. Oh, so um, so yeah. oh, thank you. It, it, you know, it was um, losing your mom at such a young age. It, it was a struggle because it really crumbled our family, but we were able to, you know, get back together and just go forward because she, as moms, moms control and they hold the, the family together. Yeah. I mean, dads do too, but you know what I mean? <laughs> no, and I, I mean, I, um, I am so grateful that I have my mom at 75 now and she is my best friend. Um, I lost my dad to colon cancer when I was 22, right after I graduated from Northwestern and he, he got to see me graduate. I'm sorry. She didn't get to see you graduate. He got oh, to see me so graduate high school and college and then passed, um, two months later. But I, I know how that crumbles a family and it, and how crushing it is. And now, you know, that was in 96 and all these years later, since 1996, it still feels like he's was just there yesterday. And so, um, I, I understand that pain, you know, as, as mm -hmm. we do. And, um, but as a girl and losing her mom, it's, it's, um, there's a whole other layer there that, um, is really, really challenging. And I'm just, I'm so sorry that you lost her. Oh, you know, Samantha, thank you so much. You know, I, I have been, um, it was hard out of four kids, two boys, two girls. I was the youngest. Um, but you know, I'm a, I'm a very, I've always been a very driven person, very positive, um, in doing the outcome of, of knowing that there's so much to life. Um, and I know it's hard to say that at age of 17, but, um, you know, I was very grateful and blessed that we were able to get through it. Mm -hmm. So 
Your battle um, to breast cancer was in 2014 and now you're cancer free. So congratulations, such a phenomenal story. Um, battling cancer is an incredibly tough journey. How did you find strength and support during these challenging times? Well, again, because I thought I was as fit and healthy as I had ever been. And then I, let's back up for a second, actually. I think it's a really important story to share with your listeners and your viewers, because we need to be our own best health advocates. I, at almost 40, back in 2014, was what I thought in the best shape and best health of my life. And I thought, you know, my dad died of colon cancer. His mom passed, I'm oh, sorry, lived to 95, but dealt with a breast cancer diagnosis in her 60s, I should set a baseline. My daughters are three and six. Let's get a mammogram. I had a mammogram. It was clear. And then 11 days later, I found a lump. Now, it's not that the cancer just miraculously appeared. Right. It's that the diagnostic test missed it. Later on, they realized, oh, it was like a snowball in a snowstorm. Unless we know exactly where to look, it's really hard to see. I had immediately went to see my longtime OBGYN. She did a quick clinical exam, told me the lump is nothing. You're turning 40. Lumpy breasts, welcome to 40. So I went on my way, hung my hat on the fact that I had had a clear mammogram. A month later, though, that lump was still there. My inner voice was starting to get a little louder now, saying, Samantha, if this lump is really nothing, let's make sure it's nothing. Let's get a second opinion. So I went to my internist again, because it's not cancer. What other kind of doctor would I go see? Saw him. He said, nah, it's nothing. Sent me on my way. Now, this was just the two doctors feeling my breast in a clinical breast exam. Four months later, the lump was still there, inner voice screaming at me now. And basically, I finally said, you know, I need to get myself to a doctor who looks at breasts every day as her expertise. And that's when I found my way to a surgical oncologist, because if you go on and try to figure out who looks at breasts, well, it's only your, it's, you know, it's your OBGYN who does a quick clinical exam and, you know, at, right. smear or whatever. And then it's a breast oncologist because the only fear of your breasts, I mean, yes, I dealt with mastitis, which is you know, the clogging of the ducts during breastfeeding my, my girls. Um, but, you know, so really it was my OB would, who would help with that. And so there I was. We did two needle, uh, sorry, two ultrasounds, a needle biopsy. We had an MRI. We looked at the radiologist looked at that original mammogram, and they all said, "Yeah, there's something there, but it's it's not cancer. No test detects the cancer." But thankfully, that surgeon said, "You know, I, I want to take it out anyway." So I had a lumpectomy, and woke up from the surgery again reassured it's not cancer. Week later, show up for my final pathology results. So she could also look at the incision, how it was healing from the lumpectomy, told my husband, eh, babe, stay home. Why do you need to come sit in a dark exam room with me? And that's when we found out that not only was it DCIS, which is ductal carcinoma in situ contained within the duct, which is if you're gonna get a breast cancer diagnosis, the kind that you want, but that unfortunately some border that she took thinking it was actually just a sample of healthy tissue turned out, and thank goodness she took that out, turned out to be invasive breast cancer. And wow. So you went through all of, all of that, you know, so was at age 40, was that your first mammogram? Yes. Which okay. is, which is standard. I mean, right. Insurance doesn't want to pay for them as it is. Um, they're, you know, getting harder and harder to actually get. It was not a 3D. It was a 2D mammogram. 
whether or not a 3D would have shown it. My right. Guess is no, not necessarily if all the other diagnostics missed it. But if you are listening to this and you are getting your annual mammograms, which you should be, please do see if they have a 3D available. At least it gives you a better picture. Right. And that I do, I do the 3D and I do an ultrasound. Um, mm. And, you know, I, you know, and I can share with my audience because I'm, I am an open book um, where, you know, I, I am fully menopause. I started fully menopause at age 47 wow. and then end up finding a, a, a lump on my breast, but they say, oh, it's fibristic cell, you know, you're fine, let's do your hormones. And I kept checking, I kept checking every six months, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. But then I'm not a big advocate of the mammograms. Um, I just, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's just this internal feeling that I feel that it causes cancer. And I don't know, you know, I'm not saying it does. I just want to stop you there only because I'm a national ambassador for Susan G. Komen. And I just want to make sure we're not getting misinformation or scaring your listeners unnecessarily. Where do you come from with that? It's not radiation. It's not a CT. No. It has no radiation. So I'm just curious because I want to make sure again, just making sure people who are listening, we don't want to pass misinformation, especially when it could save a life. Oh, a hundred percent. I, it, that's just, like I said, that's my own, my okay. own preference, but I still do it. Right. I still right. go in and I do the mammograms and I do the ultrasounds. And I think it is definitely, I have friends and family that have passed from it. So mm -hmm. I, by all means, not saying that do not do that. I think it's very super important, especially that you've gone through it and it saved your life. Um, well, it didn't save my life. It missed it completely. I saved my life because I, I, I found the lump and then I pushed through not one, not two, but three different doctors to say, let's make sure that what I found is really nothing. And that's really the bigger message here. Get your annual mammograms, do your self checks, make sure that you're aware of your body. Notice, and this isn't just for breast cancer, really, this is for anything, whether it's gut issues, whether it's skin issues, growths, we have to know our bodies really well and then be able to acknowledge and not stick our head in the sand when there is a change, not to become neurotic, not to become a hypochondriac, not to create more stress in ourselves if right. there's truly nothing, but we really have to be self-advocates because no doctor knows our body better than we do because no one's with us more than we are. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Absolutely. That was well said. And right. I didn't mean to be harsh. I just want to make sure like we all know like there's, there's, there's Oh no. No, yeah. no, no. Everyone has their own everyone has their own ways of of what they feel, but at the end of the day, it's just technology now has come a long way and you know, we, we can find out things much earlier than when my mom had breast cancer. So by all means, no, I'm, I'm glad that you, you mentioned that. Transitioning from the diagnosis of your face of demands of like your career and, and um, what were some of the balances from your career and the challenges of your uh, cancer balancing your career and your life, like your balance, your, your family. Does that make sense? Like, how are you balancing, staying positive, going through what you went through, through cancer and also holding your career? You know, anytime we have a setback, like a health diagnosis, um, it's challenging no matter what 
we are facing with our day-to-day -day life, whether it's our family and our responsibilities to them, uh, our career and our responsibilities to our employers um, or our own, if we're running our own business like I am now, at the time I, I wasn't um, running my own business. So then, you know, what did that look like? And, you know, thankfully we have, a, I would like to believe a much more, um, supportive society where especially with cancer used to be whispered in the hallways we now can talk about it more openly as as you and i right. are doing today with everyone and but we can't operate in a silo and hope that we are going to have the support we need and i i've run into many breast cancer survivors who haven't told much of many of their family members um, or anyone at work and i understand too it, it is we need to operate, it's very scary. It's also the more we share it, the more real it is. Right, Nancy? Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, 100%. So we, we all need to operate from what makes us the most comfortable. And, um, but I want to encourage people to make sure that they have at least a couple people who are their support system because we can't go through a health diagnosis on our own. Um, so mm -hmm. whether it's a spouse, a parent, a sibling, a best friend, um, your, you know, your closest coworker, whoever it is, um, to be able to make sure that you have that support. It takes a village to be able to get you through something. And I was grateful for the support that I had, especially from my family. Um, so, you know, the juggling is challenging. Um, I happen to be between shows, which honestly couldn't have been better timing for my cancer. So thanks cancer for that little, <laughs> um, but it was, you know, it was definitely, Something and it, it propelled me actually to create because I was sort of bedridden for three weeks at a time after two of the surgeries where I, I wasn't really allowed to get up for more than 20 minutes every two hours uh, for the recovery per my surgeon's recommend not recommendations but her demands and uh, and so I, but I made myself very productive from the bed by being on my computer and creating and writing and being productive mentally so that I felt like time wasn't just passing me by as I sat here in bed. Um, and that works really well for me. For others, it might not. You know, we we shifted with how we took care of the kids. They were three and six. I couldn't put them to bed. I couldn't, you know, read them their books and carry them around and put my little one in her crib. So we created different things within our bedroom sanctuary, and fun, some new fun toys and projects that we could do together um, in a way that would keep me safe as I was healing, but allow them to not feel like they were losing me um, any more presence from their life than the already strange thing with I couldn't drive them to school and things like that. Right. So you you literally kept your like your your mind busy and not like laying in bed. And that's what's that's that's hard. Right. You know, my husband was involved in a really bad um, dirt bike accident in 2012 and he was down for two years, had nine surgeries oh um, and they wanted to amputate his leg and and I, I said, absolutely not. That was very challenging. Um, by all means, it was in cancer, but it was very challenging for us because yes. it was, you know, you where you take your life where it's one way and then all of a sudden it's completely shattered and changed. But you know what? We were able to get through it, right? Because we stayed positive and kept our minds going and working together as a family. So that is definitely super important. Um, to, and sometimes people don't have that support. Um, but thank you for sharing that. So I know during, you know, your eating habits and your health and your plant base and exercising, and you, you literally just changed 
your whole eating habits and exercise. I change right? everything. I change yeah. everything. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because, you know, you, you heard me talk about earlier how my dad had colon cancer and his mom had breast cancer. And there's also a colon cancer, breast cancer connection with a hereditary link. So when I found out um, of the one in eight women, one in eight who will be diagnosed with invasive breast cancer over the course of her lifetime. And in my research and my work with the Susan G. Komen Foundation, I learned that only five to 10% of those are actually genetic. And despite my family having had cancer, I had no genetic link. And as a journalist, it really baffled me and frustrated me. So I began to research and look for answers. And Nancy, I realized from the research that we have scientific proof that how we live our lives, how we eat, deal with stress, sleep, move or not move, um, all of these different areas affects, it's the, called the epigenetics, and it is the scientific study of how our lifestyle and our environment and our habits affect our overall, uh, overall well-being. We mm -hmm. have certain genetic code, maybe for cancer or type 2 diabetes or heart disease or neurodegenerative disorders. And it's in our body and how we choose to live our lives, maybe not 100% of it, but maybe in this case, 90% of it relies on the choices that we're making on a daily basis. And does that choice turn on or leave off that genetic code? And that to me was an aha moment. But I'll tell you why, especially Nancy, I'll tell you why, because I felt helpless. I felt so frustrated and helpless and destroyed that this cancer thing had happened to me and to my family and the ripple effect and that I had no control and it stole that control. And mm -hmm. what was so empowering was learning that, oh, wow, no, 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 no. Because it's not genetic. I have so much more control than I realized I may have. And that's when I slowly, because you can get paralyzed with overwhelm if you try to make all the changes overnight and there won't be yes. Sustainable. Mm -hmm. It will mm -hmm. not be sustainable. But slowly, methodically, I began to change my approach to nutrition. The products I was using, look, I sat in a makeup chair for you know a, two decades being shellacked with chemical bombs of carcinogens and endocrine disruptors and things that were harming my health without realizing it, even if it was just little by little, layer over layer, from my skincare to my makeup to the hairspray to the flus, whatever I was using. So I began to make systematic changes to rid all of that from my life. So for those who are listening, who said, oh, Samantha, I just bought a ton over down at the <laughs> I spent right. a lot of money. I'm not throwing it out. I'm not saying throw it out. Here's what I'm suggesting. Either use it up and vow not to use it again and have a new product to switch to, or start with your biggest organ, which is your skin. So what covers the most surface area? your skincare, your foundation. So maybe you change up your day cream or your night cream and you change up your foundation and you just start there. And then eventually you weed through things and you begin to eliminate, reduce and add in clean beauty. And by the way, for anyone listening who is saying, well, that's really overwhelming. I don't know, there are thousands of brands out there. I don't know what to use. Well, when I did my 65 episodes of my game show recently, 12 hour days, six shows a day. I needed staying power for my hair, my makeup, stuff that not only looked great and worked, but also was free of harmful toxins. So we vetted a ton of different brands and I came up with a list and there are many more than just on my list that are 
fantastic clean brands, but I, this list that I put together are products that really work well, have staying power, have the beauty and the look that you want to achieve for your hair, your makeup, your skincare. So if people send me a DM and you guys can see right there, the Samantha Harris TV, like television, Samantha Harris TV is um, both on Instagram and Facebook. Just send me the words, clean beauty, send me a DM, clean beauty. And I will send you my PDF I put together. Well, I will be sending you a DM. <laughs> so you and I are already DMing. So, yeah. so I don't forget. Um, you're already you and you're actually already using some of the stuff. You're already using some of the Shackley. So yeah, the I'm using the um the plant based the the um protein powder. The protein powder. Oh my gosh, the best. I so I want really want to talk really quick about that because yeah. I use other um uh, protein powders. And I was just telling my son last month, I'm like, you know what, sweetie, why is mom feeling so like bloated? Like I just ate this humongous meal. And the only thing I had was a, um, a protein shake. Like I didn't put, you know, horrible stuff in there. Mm -hmm. He goes, well, mom, you have to exercise. You can't just sit, go back and sit at your desk. And so I'm like, I, I get that. Right. But I'm not, taking that and going to the gym, right? You know, maybe I'll get on the Peloton or something. But when I took yours, when I bought the um, protein, the plant-based, I didn't feel that at all. And it was so yummy. I did get the chocolate one. I was going to get the vanilla one. No, I vanilla. use both of them. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a chocolate person. Like I like chocolate, but I prefer more vanilla. Like, you know, when I approach you think, I think I'm going to try the, the chocolate. But um, Samantha, it was I love it. Absolutely love it. Oh, I'm so glad. You know, I, so to me, you. I've tried, gosh, I, for, so first of all, for anyone who's listening, I switched from really pre-cancer eating animal products, breakfast, lunch, and dinner from, you know, egg whites or yogurt for breakfast to poultry or fish for lunch and dinner. And after cancer, I'd made a switch to eating more plant forward, more plant-based, where I was flipping my plate and filling at least half of my plate at every meal with veggies, ideally raw um, and a mix of non-starchy vegetables and lots of robust color, which also increased my fiber automatically. And so that also also helps to really reduce that bloating, give your microbiome, right? The gut, the gut good mm -hmm. bacteria, what it wants. Yes to be able to feed on, which helps reduce that bloating and also helps us stay healthier. So one of the biggest changes I made for nutrition was going more plant-based and also looking, how can I get more of it? Even if, if, even if I was still eating some animal protein, how can I get more veggies into this meal? You know, and not, we're not talking potatoes and rice. Right, so right. So um, how can I get more veggies into this meal? And then I slowly began to reduce from 21 of 21 meals a week of animal down to, I have sushi once a week, which by the way, still makes my mercury too high. So I have to go in my infrared sauna and take some, you know, basically detoxing powder to be able to bind some of that, those toxins of the mercury and get it out of my body uh, to bring that mercury down just from once a week of, you know, wow. you know high mercury, high PCBs. Um, and everyone metabolizes things differently. Apparently my body just really doesn't want it. It's like, I want nothing to do with mercury. Um, but there are also some great health benefits from the lower mercury fish. So we're talking about wild Alaskan salmon, sole, mackerel, sardines. Um, those all have lower amounts of mercury and really great brain boosting benefits because of the omega-3 fatty acids and other properties in that. So uh, I'm not saying stay away, but make sure you're not having, you know, 
big, thick, meaty fish or lots of tuna because they're really high in mercury. It's why pregnant ladies, they say, stay away from the tuna fish. In the yes. Field. That's yes. why we don't want to give yes. the mercury to the baby. So anyhow, um, but the changes that I made for my diet, so the adding in the plant-based, so I switched from having those breakfasts to having a smoothie every day um, or an acai bowl or a smoothie bowl that I make at home. So I'm saving money. I'm also able to get a lot of nutrient density into that smoothie. So I get in my greens, I get in my healthy chia seeds and flax seeds and flax are both breast and prostate protective. Um, I'm putting in my plant-based protein powder that so I tried a lot of, the bottom line is I tried a lot of different brands of protein mm -hmm. powder. I used mm -hmm. to use whey, but that's animal based. So when I- Yes, was, that's what I, that's what I was always using. using. And it can yes. tend to be more bloating, right? Because it's whey is like, there's casein, there's it's that cream. It's most of us are lactose intolerant. I don't remember, like 70% of adults are actually across the world. Lactose. Lactose yes. So Especially as we get older. Yes. And I don't know, I have to look back. I don't recall whether or not whey has casein in it, has the lactose in it, but um, I think it might, but regardless. So I got away from the whey and I started to go with a plant-based, usually it's a pea protein or maybe a rice protein or different things like amaranth protein that's in there. This particular one is pea protein that I love, but I found one this brand that we're talking about, Shackley, that, I mean, you guys, if you want the information, just DM me protein. I like, I love when you guys reach out on Instagram. It might take me a few days to get back to you, but as Nancy knows, it's how she reached out to me, how we connected. I yes. get back to everyone. So you do a hundred, a hundred percent. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try and see if we can get back out to her. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, you should, you know, you responded. I love it. That tells oh. me a lot about you. But yeah, when I went on your, the website, there was so much. So I, I think, um, I know that, you know, my audience and I know for me, do you have like a, like a recipe type book of say, okay, Monday. I do. I do. I have, um, I have a website that has some of my main dishes, including my signature smoothie and some other smoothie recipes. I also have a PDF guide of some smoothie recipes. So, you know, if people, go go to if you very easily guys you can also just go to the link in my bio on instagram at samantha harris tv in there you'll find um a link that will have i, I have to even look at, i think it even just says so sort of my favorite clean um products and you products i saw that that will get you to the shackley website so that and you want to go through my link you don't want to just go to their website because i mean you can and then you can choose me as your ambassador on the way out but I uh, add, as Nancy knows, I add a lot of additional support that you will get only by, you know, grabbing it from me. And, and I love to share the insight. And that's what's super, super important. Like you gave me, like, once I asked a question, like you gave me all the information that I needed and I'm like, okay, I got to check this out. So, um, does your family, are they on a plant-based too? Are they, my husband on? primarily, um, my kids, you know, they push back a little more and they definitely, they, now they still have chicken. My, my little one really does. You know, she's like me when I was little, I was a huge red meat eater because I grew up in Minnesota. So she loves her burgers. And so if you're going to choose to have animal, the goal is to reduce the size, the amount, right? We don't need a 12 ounce steak. Our body doesn't need it. Um, mm -hmm. So really going for smaller portions, two to four ounces is really much more than we need in a sitting. Then making sure even more importantly that the quality of that protein is well sourced. So if it's red meat, you wanna choose organic and okay. grass fed. If mm -hmm. you're choosing poultry, organic for sure, 
pasture raised if you can find it. Um, because even if it's organic, they still might be crammed in little cage, you know, cages, or they might be cage free. By the way, cage free, all natural, uh, free range. Those are all BS marketing terms. They mean nothing. Pasture raised and organic are regular and grass fed. Those things are regulated. So then you know, ah, that's what I'm getting. It actually. So, so when you see the eggs where it says cage free, it based so what that basically means. Look, is it? I'd rather my 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 eggs be from a you know a chicken that is not in a two by two or a one by one little tiny cage who can't even turn around. At the same time, just because they're cage free, they could be in you know an indoor facility, so they're not getting any sunshine. They're not getting to eat the nits and the bugs and the grass and the things that they would eat out in nature, which is what we get when you're pasture raised. They're also right. happier. They're less stressed. The cortisol they feel with stress goes right into their eggs. It goes into their muscle meat that you're eating. And they can still be so crammed, chicken next to chicken, pecking at each other, stepping in feces, pecking and eating that. And so even if they're cage free, they can still, I mean, you, you can believe me. If you guys Google, you'll see some really disturbing videos. So you might just give <laughs> you that, that thing. You're like, ooh, right. So I'm going to like, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, your whole self-care and everything plant-based. And I, I love plant-based, but it's trying to get my whole family. Like, I can do all of that myself right. with my husband and, you know, my, my kids, I mean, my daughter doesn't own Lois, she's married and, and what have you, but I just, they, I don't think that they would, you know, they have to try it. I'm not going to say no, I'm not going to make that decision for them, but right. I would definitely love that because as we get older, we do need to change. Right. So, yeah. um, and it's hard. It is hard. You know, it, well, you know what here, it seems to be harder than it is. We are, the older we get, the more, um, the more you know, stuck in our habits and our ways. And we also tend to lean towards what's comfortable. It's comfortable to eat the way you've always eaten. It's comfortable to not work out because you never really worked out regularly. It's comfortable to stay up late scrolling and sacrifice good solid sleep. But again, the mind shift is, what if this is how you want to live again i'm not for you guys decide you are all your own people you guys decide what is right for you and your lifestyle but ask yourself how do i want to live do i want to live energetically vibrantly do i want to live a long healthy life free of disease whether it's physical debility or actual disease or neurodegenerative disease you know or do i want to live in a place of morbidity for the last 20 years of my life or die even sooner Right. So how do I want to live? And then you can make cho choices. Okay. Well, I want to live a healthy, long life. I want to be there for my grandkids to chase them. Maybe I see my grandkids. Yes. Sounds great. What do I need to do? And then you go, okay, I'm going to make some small changes. I'm going to change up my skincare and my makeup. I'm going to start to eat more plant-based and I'm going to choose to eat meat. And look, like I said, I eat my sushi. I eat my ice cream. If I'm buying ice cream, it's organic. If I'm out at the ice cream shop, it is what it is. Right. But that, and those are my choices. I still color my hair, but I go as long as possible between colors. I'm so gray right now on top that my kids make fun of me, but I'm reducing the amount of formaldehyde and other toxic exposure that we know are known carcinogens, right? So how do we choose 
you know, can it be a 90, 10 rule for our lifestyle choices? Can it be an, you know, mm -hmm. or 80, 20, whatever works for you or bio individuals, we need to figure out what works best for ourselves and then go from there. So I hope that helps. I know we have to wrap up, but I'm just, I'm so no, it, more following me on social. I'll give you guys so much more. <laughs> yes. Yes. I thank you so much for being on my podcast today, Samantha, you are inspiring and it's such a pleasure to get to know you. Thank, thank you so much. And thank you listeners for um, participating and listening to my podcast. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and review and share it with a friend to connect with me and get all the behind the scenes content. You can follow me on Instagram at empower with Nancy and visit my website, https semicolon forward slash forward slash empowerwithnancy.com to learn more about how coaching with me can significantly enhance your life and business. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. See you next time.